Steve Dale here on WGN. Paul Vallis is over there. Where are you, Paul? You're crisscrossing the city. Where are you at this very moment? I am right now. I'm in route to a, another uh, town hall meeting. As you know, they, they've uh, scheduled back-to-back town hall meetings. And I was supposed to be in studio, but I kind of, um, my calendar got screwed up. Uh, <laughs> the buck stops with me, so I'll take responsibility. But uh, uh, you know me. When you call, I respond. Indeed you do. Uh, but I've got some questions as we get right to it here. LGBTQ community, uh, Alderman Tom Tunney supported you. I believe he, I'm pretty sure, the first gay, al- openly gay alderman in Chicago. Uh, and you've long supported that community, but some have said, no, you really haven't. So talk about that for a moment. Yeah, well, let me point out that, you know, I think that uh, the mayor has taken the community for granted. And when you go up to the community, and I've had, uh, I've had uh, events up there, too, clearly, they feel the, the community has been neglected. And, and not only when it comes to infrastructure, when it comes to, uh, you know, making physical improvements on Halstead Street, et cetera, but uh, uh, public safety is a big issue, and they feel that, uh, uh, that uh, there's a public safety crisis, and, and they feel that the city simply has been unresponsive. You know, one of the problems in this campaign is the insistence of people who view me as a threat to kind of rewrite my record. And you know my record, Steve, because you and, and I have known each other for years. Of course, mm-hmm. four years ago, when I wasn't a threat, um, you know, everybody liked me, and no one wanted to distort my record. Now that it's clear that um, I may well be the front runner, um, you know, people don't want to debate me on public safety, on schools, on finances, so they have to throw mud. These are the facts. The, the bottom line is I have always been a strong supporter of the community, of the LGBT community. I, I mean, I have a transgender niece, uh, and, uh, and in the 90s, I was one of the first public officials to put domestic partners in all the school district contracts. Uh, I don't know any super, superintendent in the country who did it, not because I was pressured to do it, but because it was the right thing to do. That was a very... Uh, uh, that was a very courageous decision for the time. And you know that when I ran uh, for governor against Rod Bogorovich in the Democratic primary, I supported marriage equality when they called it gay marriage. That was 12 years before the Obama administration embraced it. When I went to Philadelphia, we had LGBT clubs in our high schools, and and, and we would we would uh, 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 support programs like the Attic, which was a program in the city of Philadelphia to provide safe places for young people to go uh, after school. So at the end of the day, uh, my, my um, record is, is, uh, uh, is one of uh, an uncompromising supporter of the LGBT community. Got and it. that's the reason I've been supported by the chamber, and that's the reason Tom Tunney is not only uh, announced his support for me, but why he's why he is campaigning with me and doing commercials for me. Indeed. All right. Uh, 312-981-7200. You can text or you can call. Several people have texted to ask him about tweets. So I will. I'll be throwing the muck and mud you suggested All earlier. Right. So is Lori Lightfoot, is Lori Lightfoot really the gnome on the fifth Laura, are you really calling her a racist and mocking her appearance? I read those tweets, and you did say trust has eroded just like her hairline, really? Well, first of all, you're reading other people's tweets. Uh, Those aren't my tweets. 
Okay, so explain what's going on here. Well, you know, uh, what's going on here is I would post something, and then somebody would tweet something negatively, and then somebody would would uh, would uh, post a approval. In other words, we like to tweet, and and you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, when you're when you're, you're running campaigns, uh, you're going to have people try to breach your social media platforms. Now, also, a lot of things can happen from time to time. But look, the bottom line is we have we have not tweeted, and uh, and you know we would you know we would condemn you know any sort of comments of, of that nature. And our campaign has addressed this issue. You know, we're looking at you know basically how someone was able to basically you know uh, you know basically uh, breach our social media platforms. But at the end of the day. Uh, we're just moving on. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think this is an attempt to simply divert attention from the core issues. So, all right. So let's talk. Me, let's you, talk. You know me well enough to know that uh, that type of uh, that type of rhetoric I have always condemned and and do not condone. All right. Let's talk about some of those core issues. Uh, just in the past three or four days, there have been a rash of street crimes. I think. Is, is a good way to describe it, where people are held up. But on the other side of machine guns, on the north and northwest sides of Chicago and the near north side, in what police believe may be stolen cars they take often, they have no idea who has done this stuff. Uh, what, what are you going to do about that and the fact that 10 people in Chicago are shot on average every day? Well, look, the bottom line is the police department has, has uh, been significantly diminished uh, in, because the, uh, the poor leadership of the police department, uh, beginning with Brown, the abandonment of a community policing strategy uh, that puts officers on the local beats, uh, on the CTA platforms, at the CTA stations, the demoralizing of the police department with an abusive work schedule and the lack of support for proactive policing. I'm talking about proactive policing that is also constitutional policing. I think that's demoralized the department. So what's happened is there's been a huge exodus of officers, and there's 1,700 officers down from when the mayor took office. So obviously this is a catastrophic situation. Coupling that with a strategy that only has barely half the officers that are in the department actually assigned to the local districts, and, and you have a city where... Uh, you know, half the nine, high priority 911 calls are not responded to at, in a timely manner because there's not a police car available. What I'm going to do is I'm going to restore the police strength when there's new leadership, when we return to a community-based policing strategy where you don't have privatized officers on public transportation and when you have officers covering the local beats so that they can respond to the 911 calls immediately. When you have enough detectives to investigate cases and when police officers are supported for being proactive, and responsive. That is the way to get a handle on violent crime, and 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 just beyond just the most violent crime, but serious crime, because the number of arrests is actually down seventy six percent since since twenty nineteen. So I've laid out a very detailed strategy on how to restore police uh, police morale and how to embrace a policing strategy that is going to push officers down to local beats. So there is an officer there to serve as a deterrent and an officer and officers who can respond when there are emergencies. And unfortunately, those things are not happening now. 
I want to talk about some police policies specifically. I also want to talk about downtown Chicago, Water Tower Place, and the Chicago Bears, and two words, property taxes, and we will do all of that when we come back with mayoral candidate Paul Vallis on WGN. Paul Vallis, who happens to be running for mayor for the city of Chicago at 220 on WGN, happens to be here. And, Paul, lots and lots of text. Uh, This one summarizes uh, greatly what other people are saying. It's well put. What is Paul going to do about the youth having guns and killing people, the poor Chicago doctors and nurses, what they have to see on a daily basis? Were you successful at dealing with this previously? I don't know that anyone can do anything to change the crime or the gun problem in Chicago. And I'll add to that a recent study showed that we're not getting guns primarily from Indiana. We're actually getting them from Chicago. And Chicagoans are getting guns from other Chicagoans. So how do you deal with that as well as what I asked? All right. You know, give me a few minutes because you can deal with it. And let me tell you how we dealt with it in the 90s. And and, and I'm going to give you dates. Because, uh, you know, the mayor always makes updates or makes up statistics. And, uh, you know, I was I returned to Chicago from Springfield, where I worked for Don Clark Nets uh, uh, in 19 in in 1990. And as revenue director in 1993, Mayor Daly made me budget director when the city's murder rate was it was at a the second highest ever 947 murders. That's when I became city budget director. So my strategy as budget director, was to fund a massive community policing initiative that put officers on the beast, on the CTA platforms. We, I, I increased the vacancies. I, um, I filled the vacancies. We swelled the officer ranks to 13,500, which is part of my targeted uh, 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 strategies. And what we were able to do, it was we were able to begin to, to uh, uh, bring about a reduction in, in murders and shootings and violent crimes that were unprecedented. Uh, um, what we, what Gary Chico and I then also did four years later, when we took responsibility for the Chicago Public Schools, uh, when <laughs> I think Bill Benedict called it the worst school system in the country, we not only established labor peace uh, with the teachers union after eight strikes in 15 years, but we we embarked upon a, a program of transforming the schools into community schools so that they were open through the dinner hour, 8 o'clock every night. In fact, Englewood High School is open until 10 o'clock at night, on the weekends, over the summer, over the holidays. And we brought community-based uh, uh, organizations, faith-based organizations, park districts. Uh, we, brought, uh, 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 we brought mentors. We, we partnered with the NABBETS. We, in other words, we brought the community into the schools to, pro- to provide uh, academic, recreational, and mentoring, uh, and uh, you know, and uh, uh, you know, um, uh, rec- uh, uh, extracurricular activities, so that we could keep the kids fully engaged during the dinner hour, uh, you know, during the summer, uh, on the weekends, and the holidays. Incidentally, when the crime rate rate spikes, and let me tell you what happened during that six years. After lose, having lost 115,000 students the previous 15 years, the district's enrollment grew 40,000. And I had to build 30 new schools and 48 additions just to house the returning students. So at the end of the day, uh, we not only dramatically improved the schools, 
but the combination of community policing with the transformation of our neighborhood schools with the extended hours, with the extended days, with the extended weeks, with the extended year, resulted in an in, in over 60% reduction uh, in the murder rate, in the murder rate in Chicago. In fact, it was closer to 65%. In other words, it, it, you saw the type of decline, reduction in violent crime that you saw in New York. That is the approach that I will take as as mayor, the same approach that contributed to the most to a historic reduction in violent crime uh, when I worked in the Daily Administration. So is Dr. Willie Wilson right about not hunting people down like rabbits? That's an unfortunate choice of words. But the notion of what he's saying, we need to take the handcuffs, handcuffs off police. Uh, what about pursuing uh stopping and frisking. Uh, Police are now demoralized. I believe in my personal experience in knowing officers, that may be true. Uh, Are you going to allow the police to do these sorts of things that I just said specifically? Steve, Steve, uh, we've never had stop and frisk, and I don't support stop and frisk, period. Uh, And, and, you know, you know, I'll let Willie explain his use of, uh, you know, of uh, his terminology. Right, right. You know, Willie is Willie, and Willie has a way of communicating. I mean, you know, it's a, look, for me, it's about, first of all, the right leadership. For me, it's the right strategy. Will, police, have, will, uh, police, will police be allowed to pursue? Well, p- police should be uh, allowed to pursue uh, criminals on foot. But let me tell you, not only are they not allowing the police to pursue, but in many cases, ask, ask the police officer, ask your listeners, to walk out and ask the Chicago police officer if they feel that they have the power to arrest. So you have people that are committing crimes. You have people that are stealing, violating the public way. You have people that are damaging public and private property, harassing people when they're sitting out on these outdoor cafes, walking in and just filling their ba- stealing right off the shelves with no fear of arrest and no fear of consequences. The police will tell you that they feel that they are punished if they are proactive. So I'm not, I am not, let me, with a capital N-O-T, not calling for stop and frisk. I am calling for proactive, responsive policing. Because when you have the biggest spike in, in violent crime, probably in history, and during that same period you have a 76% reduction in the arrest rates, you got a real problem here. You have a, you have a police officer that's understaffed, under-resourced, and, and not supported. And those are the facts. And let me point out that violent crime, that serious crime this year, I believe, is up another 55%. And crime on the CTA is up 36% this year. A recent WBEZ survey pointed out pointed out that half the riders in, on the CTA feel that the CTA is unsafe, and the CTA has is now seeing 500,000 fewer riders a day, and it's not because of COVID. It is because, in large part, people are afraid to use public transportation. So what do you do about that? And keep in mind, we only have three minutes left, and I have 45 questions here for you. Uh, Well, very quick, and and I'll be back as always. I also accept that invitation to come on and debate, uh, uh, assuming there's a runoff debate, anyone I'm in the runoff in. But let me point out in the CTA, I'll tell you what you do. 
The first thing you do is you take that $100 million you're spending on private security, and you go out and you hire another 300 Chicago police officers, and then you take that 300 and the alleged 200 that she's committed to the CTA, although individuals who work at details say that they're exaggerating the numbers. But if you have 500, 550 police officers that are part of a Chicago Police Department public transportation unit, you will have officers patrolling the platforms, officers at the station, patrol cars outside the station. You will have officers riding the trains as if they're going from police beat to police beat. And you will, and if you give them power to enforce existing ordinances, you will have a safe public transportation system in Chicago. And when people talk about the decline of, of the quality of public transportation, from the trains being dirty, the people loitering on the trains, or for that matter, just the timeliness uh, of, uh, of the arrival of the trains, that is in large part the result of the fact that, like police, CTA employees are retiring and leaving in record numbers because of public safety reasons, and they're having trouble recruiting new employees for public safety reasons. So the CTA has got to get with it. Uh, the, the CTA operating budget is only 18% of the operating budget is coming through the fare box. That is a disaster. When the COVID money runs out, the CTA could be bankrupt. So it's time to get serious about public safety, because until you restore public safety, until the CTA is, is as safe as the airport, which it, it will be under my watch as mayor, you're not going to restore the ridership. And ultimately, ultimately, uh, public safety, the mere existence of public safety is going to be seriously, seriously damaged. All right. The way you time one minute is different than I. So yes or no uh, answers here, Paul. Uh, Chicago Bears, yes or no, are we done with them in Chicago? No. All right. Property taxes, will you raise them? Uh, I, I will work to avoid raising property taxes. I tell, it's not a yes or no. Let me tell you what I will do. I will cap individual property taxes, both taxes on homeowners and taxes on businesses. But I will prepare a five-year budget plan that does not increase property taxes. So I will work to avoid a property tax increase. And as you recall, when I was city budget director, I actually froze property taxes for four years. And as city school chief, I, I, I limited property taxes to about 1% to 2% a year. So if there's anybody who can hold the line on property taxes or reduce them, there's, that's me. Okay, if you could choose among the other candidates to be a running mate, who would you choose? Who would I choose? Uh-huh. Oh, you know, I don't put anybody on the spot. So I would prefer to, you know me, I rarely duck a question, but I would prefer not to do that because, you know, I'm going to be seeking the support of any candidate out there who is not in the runoff, if I'm fortunate to be in the runoff. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cross that bridge until I... Okay, is this is this a um, a one and done? And so you're mayor now, is it just four years and you're done, or are you going to run a couple times? No, look, I've always felt that the, mayor's, uh, that the mayor's office should be term limited, and I've always felt that the mayor should be limited to two terms. Okay, Paul Vallis, always good to talk to you. Thank you so very much. And thank you so much. God bless, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir.